Welcome everyone to the Hotel Nerd Network brought to you by Anchor. What's Anchor you say? It is an easy way to make a podcast like this one for free. That's right, I said it, for free. But not only that, you can record from the comfort of your home, on the PC, or on the go with your phone. They have everything you need to make a podcast in one place. The best feature is that they even distribute the podcast for you on multiple platforms, so you don't have to stress on getting your content out there for the world to hear. If you're looking for a free and easy way to make a podcast, download the Anchor app on your mobile device or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now please sit back and enjoy the show. All right. Hi, everybody. We're live. Hotel Nerd. Uh, sorry about not being an intro this week. I know people are going to get used to that, but my program didn't want to work, so kind of got screwed on that. Um, joining me today, as always, is co-host John from Movie Lovers Unite. Hi, how you doing? And we have, and bear with me if I butcher it, I am so sorry ahead of time. Go ahead. <laughs> Louis DeFrenchy... Monet? You're close. Yeah, it's uh, Louis, the Frenchie. Uh, Mo as in the Louis. character from uh, Simpsons, and Net as in a uh, ca- uh, fishing net. So Mo Net. Okay. Well, it was closer than what I had it in the green room. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also Soda uh, from uh, Smoes of the North. Howdy. Did I got that part right? Yeah, yes, you caught that one right. <laughs> yes, well, thank you for having us on. It's, uh, it's a real yes, treat. thank you. And uh, so yeah, I can't wait to, to get. All right, so just right. a couple things right off the top here. Um, this episode, we're going to do things a little bit different. Uh, John's gonna have point on this one after this announcement, and also uh, we do have two ways for you to. Uh, donate tonight. We have both PayPal, which we set up during Brett and, Brett and Kate. Many people were asking to donate. And we also have Streamlabs. I have the banner running at the bottom. Unfortunately, we do not have the ability yet to get Streamlabs to pop their messages up on the video feed. I've been fighting all week to get that to work, and I've been losing that fight. So, here's what we're going to do. We're going to run off the SEM system, and we're going to do $20 plus donations. will be read right away by me. I will be honorary, as Larry calls me, Nerdbot. And, um, yes, I see you there, Newman. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, else we will read at the end of uh, the uh, episode once we get done with discussions and whatnot. So... Send them donations in. We'll get them read. I have everything pulled up here so I can read them in time. And when we have the 20 plus dollar ones, then we'll come right away. Uh, otherwise, let's hit the ru- hit the big hit the road running. John, sure. all right. <laughs> okay, so I just want to say thanks again for joining us and everything. We do appreciate being here. Um, I actually listened to one of your episodes the other day. Lou, you actually were talking about Clerks 2, and I really love how deep you guys actually got into the discussion. 
you went deep into the whole entire psychology of it. And I really have to commend you on that, man, because I wasn't even thinking about the commencement on what you were doing with that. And then I'm like, okay, he's going deep with this. So I just want to say that was actually pretty cool. Hey, bro, uh, in that case, what I'm trying to do is working because that was the whole purpose. Uh, I have a tendency to go deep into my thoughts, man, and analyze things like I shouldn't. Uh, and I do that with movies, and I really wanted to express that. And movies is a lot of things, you know? It's not just a story. There's a lot of messages in there. And <clears throat> I find that uh, that's the coolest part of a movie, you know, when you really dig deep, especially ones you've already seen a billion times and something blows right. you've never seen it that way, you know? Yeah. And that's how uh, I felt about perks. Yeah. You can go. I was, I was gonna say I joined him on an episode of the Frenzy Watches, which is what you listen to. And when we talked about the thing, he mentions uh, 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 like a subliminal message point of view that I never picked up on was that if the thing is uh, like could be seen as a metaphor for AIDS, and it's like right, you totally blew my mind with the whole entire go kart scene with Clerks as well. Like I didn't th yeah. think about that with. Randall and everything, you know, because you know, we all think of him as that douchebag character, and then he go and Dante sees a lot more of the social side than what people see him yeah. as. And it's like behind closed doors, you know, when you're with somebody, you see all their vulnerabilities and everything else. And then yeah. that's the same thing with Dante and Randall, he sees everything. So I really do appreciate what y'all are actually doing with y'all's podcast and everything. From the both of you, and because I oh. actually listened to some more of your stuff besides oh, that you. one episode. Well, well thanks. In that case, uh, you are you ordered already, but next episode we uh, actually have uh, a special guest from uh, Schmodown itself, uh, and we go deep into a movie that no one has ever heard. Okay, it's a small Canadian movie, but if you can find it, it's a mind trip, and we go like you think. Clark Two is deep. Holy shit! Buckle up. <laughs> Really go well, did you say it's on Amazon Prime? No, sorry, it's not on Amazon Prime. It's on something else. It's on uh, my movie? Yeah, yeah your movie. Uh, on Crave, Canadian version. Yeah, of that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. I'm definitely, I can't wait to actually listen to that. Um. So, anyways, another thing, too, that we were actually going to talk about was the tent trailer. Uh, Chris, what was your thoughts on the Tenant trailer? Because I know you actually listened to it. You actually watched it. Confused as hell. <laughs> I have no idea what the hell <laughs> okay. okay, so basically what I got from it was, it's kind of like if you think about it, like a futuristic guardian angle to try and change events before they actually happen. Everybody, I think, gets like a tenant to actually help them and everything and basically they're trying to stop something before it even happens so i think this guy is like the guardian angel of protecting somebody and trying to prevent something from actually happening that's what i'm getting the vibe from oh that's okay. how i see it no one is a master of messages uh is yeah you think the subjects matter so well if that's what you're describing that that's completely in, in something i'm interested to, to, to watch He's probably the one director that makes my brain hurt. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I like different types of movies and everything. I try a least thing once just to see how, what company's going to do. But, you know, I like Christopher Nolan's movies as far mm -hmm. as 
uh, the Batman trilogy goes, all except maybe Dark Knight Rises, which to me is like still the weakest part of the trilogy. Yeah. I just didn't really care for the flow of it or anything like that. I don't know how you guys feel about that one. Uh, I, I like The Dark Knight Rises. I think it's actually a pretty good movie. It, it's To me, it's like The Godfather 3 of the trilogy. It's a good movie and a series of great movies. I can and, definitely uh, see that aspect to it. Yeah. And I like I haven't really seen much Nolan outside of that. Uh, and the Prestige is actually my favorite Nolan film. Like I, I love oh, that nice. movie so much. Prestige is really good. Yeah, a uh, little bit. Um, he did uh, was it Insomnia, right? Yeah, he yeah. did Insomnia. Okay, little known fact: Insomnia was filmed four hours away from where I live in the same town that The Thing was filmed in. Yep. Oh, wow. Stuart BC. That is yeah. crazy. Uh, yeah, there's some uh, stories going around town of, of Robin Williams coming to our airport and like chatting up everybody and signing autographs and stuff. Oh yeah. By the way, uh, to give everyone context, Soda is Schmoes of the North movie and wrestling historian. He can pull up some weird and awesome facts about any movie, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, being said about wrestling historian, uh, two things. Um, First off, I listened to the uh, bit with Undertaker McFoley, and I didn't know Undertaker had a broken foot during that match. Cool. Yeah, if you if you actually watch the match, you see him wince when he enters the the arena, and when he jumps down off the cage, yeah, you see him like really like wince and protect himself. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I I yeah. thought maybe he hurt himself on the. Uh, yeah, excuse my phone there. I thought that. Hmm. He maybe hurt himself like climbing down off the uh, uh, cage, but I didn't know that he had a broken foot. So, yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, that happened on a house show just prior to it, and they didn't know until day day of that if he could go or not. Yeah, that that actually adds to the lore. Now that I know that mm-hmm. for me personally, that adds to the lore of Undertaker of them being this unbeatable force. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's funny if you look at that match with a broken foot. He still climbs the cage better than Nick Foley did. <laughs> well, that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and actually, a little more fact that I just recently learned um, because I I was watching. Um, it's called the WWE Untold, where they go into like classic matches or rivalries. And Nick Foley said that after that match, they purposely put foot holds into the cage so it's easier for everybody to climb up. Huh. I could believe that because of how many yeah. times Mick almost fell off of that uh, yep. damn cage. Not so much yep. Tinker, Mick. Well, yeah, well, and the amazing part is the second bump wasn't expected. Like, it wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. The cage wasn't supposed to break. So that was the more dangerous one because if he had over-rotated that choke slam, he'd have landed on his neck and died. Uh, right, really, the worst that happened was he got knocked out because a chair landed on his face. Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah. I still remember that. That whole bit with Jim Ross saying, oh my god, you killed him. Like, yep. I heard that. Like, I literally thought McFoley was dead. Honestly. Well, yeah, I mean, a bump like that, that you'd think so. And Jim Ross didn't right. know. And not only that, but his family was there too. Whenever they, um, when they witnessed him falling through that cage, yeah, and everything yep. too, which was also one of the reasons why they want they wanted him to retire. 
Yeah, no kidding. Well, that see him go through that again. Yeah, that and the Royal Rumble '99 match against The Rock, the I Quit match, because Rock gave him like 11 unprotected chair shots to the head. They originally only planned three, but yeah, The Rock just kept going to town on him. It's probably one of the most brutal <laughs> matches I've ever seen. Now, my other favorite match. Oh, my second part. Not um, to cut you off, there, John. Uh, just to finish my thought. No, no, no. Did you um? See, uh, how oh, the hell was it? Maybe that, that was on Vibe. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Dark Side of the Ring? Yes. Yeah, I've watched every episode of that. So good. What, what were your thoughts about the Owen Hart uh, bit? The Jim Ross finding out 10 seconds before. Uh, well, let's. Louis was about to say five. something. Oh, I didn't like that. Uh, Louis was about to say something, and then I'll go into my thoughts. Because uh, I keep hearing it, and so does uh, Ben keep nagging me to watch. Is it is that good? It is. Yeah, it's 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 the closest you'll get to a wrestling true crime podcast. Um, and honestly, I was pretty annoyed at that situation that you mentioned, where Jim Ross only found out like ten seconds before he was live that Owen Hart had died. But the thing you got to understand is. There was no precedent for that type of situation. Like, nobody had fallen in the ring and died. Nobody knew what to do. It hasn't happened since. So it's like you can kind of excuse how everybody behaved that night because there was nothing to look at. Um, but the biggest thing I took out of that episode was I've always, I'm an Owen Hart fan, always have been. And I'm, one, I'm a guy, I would love to see him into the Hall of Fame. But to hear Martha speak, it kind of brought perspective on it. And I actually agree with her decision not to put it in or him in because why would you want to let the company that that is essentially responsible for your husband's death uh elect him into hall of fame so they can get some form of closure like when i heard that it's like okay i find i finally understand why hmm. now, I that. uh my my big thing was that i didn't get to watch the whole episode so I just got to watch clips of it. Yeah. But the bit where, like, I still to this day, even as before watching this, I didn't understand why the cops just didn't stop the show. Why the yeah, cops, me too. The, the Kansas City cops, it was Kansas City, right? Yeah, at the Cow Palace. Right. Yeah. Why the Kansas City cops didn't go and say, hey, you're done. Well, Somebody yeah, because this is the crime yeah. scene. That exactly. Crime scene. You're done. Well, like some of the things, some of the things they brought up, like showing the picture, and you see Owen Hart's blood on the mat when they had that, that, mm -hmm. that police shot from the from the uh, the uh, jumbotron. And mm -hmm. I didn't know that when, like, it's something that never occurred to me. But when he hit, apparently his body with the force broke some of the boards in the ring, and the wrestlers had to wrestle on that. But the the thing that really gave me the chills was when she revealed she had the the mechanism, the clip that malfunctioned when Owen Hart fell. She has it in her possession. Wow. Yeah, the and that's that just like chills was his son. The final words that he said to his son: yeah. "Take care of your mom. Yeah. Take care of your sister." Yeah. Final words from Owen, and then everybody backstage said that he was not himself. Yeah, that he, yeah, that's, he wasn't that's something happy. you've always heard. He was agitated that he had to do the spot. He didn't want to do it. Uh, he foreseen what was coming. 
yeah, it's one of those things that I wish they had the minds, the 2020 mindset in 1999, because there's no way they do that stunt now. No way. Not without the right precautions. Hmm. It is what it is. I agree with you on that. Because I was wondering myself, like, why didn't they just shut that whole entire thing down and try to reschedule yeah. it for another time? I understand that they have to make money and everything. Yeah. But at the same time, you have, like, a full-on investigation going on. You're trying to... I understand the show must go on, but, you know, at least consideration that one of your re- top wrestlers passed away and yeah. just shut it down until further notice, you well, know? Someone higher up must have, must have just decided it, right? It probably was... A it problem. was... So, it was so Vince. Yeah, it's Vince. So, Vince has the sale. Yeah, it, it yeah. Right. when it comes down to the shows, Vince is the basically Vince is God. When it comes yeah. down to the shows, at least it was back then. I don't know if it still is now. I was still is. It, it is. still is. But, no, I have a question because this I, I don't know much about wrestling. Okay, um, I don't really know him as a whole, except for the little tidbits. Is Vince? Could we say Vince is corrupted? To make yes. that decision, absolutely, one hundred percent without a question. You want to you see somebody def- not to get political? You want to see somebody more corrupt than our president right now? Look at Vince. Well, here's the thing: you could definitely make the argument that he is extremely corrupt, but he also, unlike your current mm-hmm. president, actually does really good things for people. Like when the Undertaker. Uh, at WrestleMania 30, when The Undertaker lost to Brock Lesnar, Undertaker goes concussed in the match and actually collapsed behind the stage. He le- he left the position, left WrestleMania, and actually went with The Undertaker to the hospital. He's never done that before. All of his uh, yeah. past employees who have drug problems, he pays out of his own pocket for their rehab. He always well, tries to help their there, there there people. So, Vince, he, does. Vince yeah. does have a heart, but, but he's he, corrupted he, and he has a heart as a whole. He's, yeah. yeah, he's corrupt. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like he does a lot of good things, and but the bad things he does are just so bad that they outweigh the good. Hmm. Right, and that's just like the whole entire concussion thing issue too. Christian brought up. Yeah. With the PTSD and all the stuff that actually happened, I forgot what the wrestler's name was. With Benoit that killed his family. Yeah, Benoit. Yeah. That was the first that's episode not- of this one this season. Yep. And that also goes back to how corrupt this is and letting someone wrestle with that kind of yeah. uh, disability. You know what I'm saying? With concussion and everything else. They didn't care about the, that well, wrestler or anything like that. But that's that the thing. That, hap- that happened in 2008. And what we know now, they didn't right. know back then. Like, they were just starting right. to know about it. So, I mean, it's not that they didn't care. Right. It's just they weren't, they didn't, they weren't, they didn't have the knowledge. They didn't know. Right. Well, I got that's why that. they were so careful about Daniel Bryan too to come to your. Yeah, point. exactly. Exactly, okay. and like they, it's been said that that the Chris Benoit murder homicide almost brought down the wrestling business, like almost yeah, completely rip right. it, rip it down. And at, after that, after uh, the doctors finally got up his brain, discovered about the CT, that's when they finally started taking all precautions. You, uh, I have not seen a headshot in WWE since. Um, They've taken so much precautions when it comes to the health of their uh, their their employees. It's not fun. It's fun. It's amazing. I, I, that's actually true. I forgot the time and error during that time where you know where we didn't know that about the concussions yeah. or that either when when it came down to that. So that's a good call on your part. I forgot all about that compared to now. yeah, like because even there was. Football, 
Yeah, there was a rest, former wrestler named Chris Lewinsky who had his career cut short because of concussions. He he's he's the one that he's one of the foremost actual uh, doctors uh, working on that CTE thing, and he's one of the guys that discovered it. He's the one that went to Benoit's father and said, "I think I might know what was why your son might have done it," and that's when they discovered he had the brain of an eighty-year-old. Uh, oh, it was an eighty-year-old right. thing, a man with dementia, and he was four in his forties. We had the same issue with Eddie Guerrero uh, with the heart yeah. issue because of it because yeah. of the drugs that True. he was doing. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's hard to came out. And they would have been more aware of yeah. uh, the drug problem within the locker room, which I'm sure somebody was aware. Just nobody yeah. was saying yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What happened to Eddie Guerrero is... Somebody wasn't aware that he was doping up somewhere. Yeah. And but what happened to Eddie Guerrero is probably the more common wrestler death. Cause of wrestler death is, is the heart issue because of past drug use. Yep. I'm surprised Hogan's still alive. Yeah, no kidding. Eh? Well, he, all the vitamins. I agree with you. Or a hell, Schwarzenegger <laughs> for that matter. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. alone, it's not natural, you know. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at what steroids has done, like the best example is superstar Billy Graham, the guy who uh, Hulk Hogan and uh, Jesse Ventura patterned themselves after. Big steroid user in the seventies, like he was the biggest, baddest guy in the block. Now he's confined to a wheelchair. He's had uh, kidney transplants, liver issues. Like it, it, it's, it you makes know, you think, is it worth it? I wonder what Steiner looks like now for how ripped he was when he was in his prime. He can barely I wonder move. What Steiner looks like. You know what? He still looks the same, but you can tell that it's taken its toll on him. Like he has a hard, t- hard time moving in the ring or moving in general. And what shocked me is the dude's 58. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, he's I mean, also, jacked. he's had his... He's still jacked, and he also has massive uh, anger issues. Let's see. Another match of mine, though, is the one with uh, Jeff Hardy and The Undertaker, the Leonard and Cher match, when they were actually going at, it, at each other for the championship belt. Yep, the latter match that is one. That match made Jeff Hardy a star. Yep. Yeah. He had some guts. I have to give him that. I mean, he just kept on going after him. Yeah, that's another guy I'm surprised he's still walking. Like, you know who Jeff Hardy is, Lee? Uh, I know that there are two brothers, right? I don't know which one is Yeah. It. Jeff, Jeff Hardy is the daredevil. He's essentially uh, he's the evil Knievel of the two. Who's the one with the Miss Frankenstein hair? Like, ugly as fuck. Matt. Okay. Matt. Matt. Okay. All right, sorry. Yeah. Matt looks like he got hit once every time to the ugly tree on the way down. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, no, now I know. Right. But, yeah, you know, seeing some of the, sh- yeah. seeing, seeing some of the shit Jeff has done, it's amazing the man can still walk. Like, yeah, I'm not going to say that. I'm the prettiest person in the room because, I mean, I got hit with the, by the ugly tree a couple times coming down the tree, too, so... Uh, I, again, coming from the perspective of not knowing wrestling, what's the craziest thing Jeff Hardy has done? Jumping off the Titan Oh, Tron. fuck. <laughs> yeah, he's done. Yeah, no, he's jumped on the Titan Tron. He's, uh, it's a clip that's actually one of the more famous clips that's replayed all the time. It's he took the spear from Edge off a ladder, dropped a good 15 feet to the ring flat. Um, he he's done. Down on that. If you ever watch Edge yep. and you listen oh, yeah. to him talk about it, Edge says, yep. I was out cold for 10 seconds. Yep. They didn't know where the hell I was when I came to. Yep. He's done his finishing move, which is a forward somersault called the Swanton Bomb. He's done it off the top of 20-foot ladders on somebody 
through table and then his like his yep. tailbone hits the floor. Um, he's done backflips off the top of cages and miss. Like the dude's nuts. Hmm. And is there anyone that was what they were famous for? Yep. Sorry, Lou. What? Is there anyone crazier than him, or he's considered the craziest? When it comes to the aerial stuff, he's definitely the craziest. But if you want to go like complete lunacy, that's got to be PCO, who's a guy, probably a guy most none of you have heard of. He used to be in the tag team in the nineties from the, uh, the Quebecers, but uh, he like electrocutes his nipples and he does like all these weird, weird things. He's like Frankenstein reborn is kind of his gimmick. It's you should look some of his stuff up. It's really out there. Okay. <laughs> And then um, there's also the, there's the Japanese death matches. There's you also the Japanese death matches. You want to see a match to put people on the map? Watch the uh, ladder match between the Hardy Boys and um, Christian. Yeah, no mercy, making any That's a good one. On the map and put the Hardy Boys on the map at the same time. You had four stars made that night. That match yep, is exactly. Insane. Yep, they had a standing ovation the next night on Raw for that one. It is. Yeah. Also, a little question: Is Jeff Hardy the one with the drug problems, or that's yeah, Matt? yeah, it is Jeff. not I, Jeff. Matt has them too, but Jeff has them worse. Okay. Yeah, Jeff yeah. has actually appeared out of, in the main event of a show completely out of his mind uh, for the title. It was really bad. It's one of the more infamous title matches that's ever happened. Like he he couldn't go. He just went out completely bombed on live pay per view. You're talking about the TNA match. Yeah, the TNA match against Sting. Yeah. Yeah, Sting, when everybody's yelling, this sucks, this sucks, and Sting gets on the mic and says, you're right, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, I've never is actually... I've never heard of that uh, that moment. Wow. I, I think it's on YouTube. I'll send you a link to it, Lou. It's 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 a sight to see. Interesting. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. It was definitely one hell of a train wreck. Mm, that's putting it nicely. <laughs> And Jeff's has some train yeah, rides that one takes the cake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Most definitely. And you look at his whole entire career and everything, yeah. That's that's some big things right there. Yeah. Now, but, one more thing I wanted to ask, being that we're on topic here uh, real quick, and John, go on with your next one. Um. Favorite wrestling moment ever. I'll say mine real quick was when Matt and Jeff returned at WrestleMania when nobody, everybody suspected it was coming. Nobody had it confirmed that it was coming. I'll say that okay, one and John surprise appearance at Royal Rumble. That was the, a good uh, one. I've The first one I'm going to say was my favorite for years, and it was Macho Man and Elizabeth reuniting at WrestleMania 7. And the whole lifting her up the shoulders and all that jazz. That was surpassed this year at the Royal Rumble when the Raider Superstar Edge came back after nine years of retirement because he had a broken neck and couldn't wrestle again. That is my favorite wrestling moment. Just the pop, the tears, the emotion, everything. It was probably the most perfect moment you could ever ask for in uh, the world of wrestling. Mine, I'll start with my joke answer. Uh, anytime Alexa Bliss is on, uh, my Amen, real brother. <laughs> Um, I've seen my, her in person. She is not as pretty as she looks on TV. Just FYI. I, I, I gotta say, um, I, makeup or no makeup, I, I've seen her photos and yeah, she's hot. 
Uh, that being said, the real answer is actually uh, because I've been watching recently. Uh, I don't know much things to the past, but one Braun Strowman uh, completely wrecked uh, Apollo. I forgot his name. The 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 big uh, big black guy. Um, Apollo Apollo Cruz. Cruz, yeah. Uh, he he drove him inside like the the entrance and like smashed walls and everything. That was mind blowing yeah. to me. Oh yeah, that was that was intense. But How about yeah. you, movie lover? What's yours? Um, like a ladder match with uh, with Jeff and everything. That was my favorite one. And then, of course, the Holyfield match, a cage match, was actually one of my other favorites as yeah. well. Because that's how intense that was. And then watching him having to fall, that was just something that I was not expecting. So those are my two that I that I really have to say that I enjoyed a lot. Right on. Yeah, there's, there's lots of great moments. There's a lot. Like, it's hard to pick. Definitely. Like, I can actually think of some stuff in the 90s that I can actually think of. The Undertaker and stuff like that. Because yeah. Undertaker's actually one of my favorites. And then, mm-hmm. of course, The Rock. And then, yeah. uh, actually another one of my favorites. Yeah, my favorite's probably Triple H. So. Uh, just for overall career. But... Let's see. Have you guys seen Fighting with My Family or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I like it. That was a good movie. I haven't I haven't seen it yet. I do want to see it though. It's, it's really good. good. <laughs> As a wrestling Netflix fan, I'm sitting there. I think it's on Amazon. Okay, yeah, I it's on Amazon where I watched it at. But yeah, no, I remember watching it in theaters, yeah. and as a wrestling fan, I'm just sitting there going, okay, that didn't happen, that didn't happen, that really did happen. <laughs> yeah, you definitely pick, even whenever, oh, going ahead, Louis. It's not the most realistic, I'm guessing, because there's a lot of, like, unrealistic moments, in a sense, or like, it went too fast, the progression was mm-hmm. very, like, boom, now she's yeah. the star, so what the fuck happened there, you know? But uh, it was still enjoyable. I agree with you. Mm. It is enjoyable, and I have to do. I have to agree with you on that one too. Though the progression of where Paige uh, came, I wish that they would actually took a little time developing that part because I would like to actually see her character arc go from someone that's actually struggling, someone that's actually now on the rise of being yeah. a superstar in the WWE. That's well, what that's I wanted thing. to see, but they did it a little too fast. Yeah, that's the thing. Like they they meshed a lot of people's characters together, but also they completely skipped her NXT career. She was the very first NXT Women's Champion, and they didn't even mention that. Mm. And to me, I think they should have at least meant that or give a tip of the hat. Yeah, that's a major point in her career, to where she's like, you know, I can do this. I can be a big myself. Well, you know, and I wish it would that. Go on. Sorry. What are you guys saying? It's basically telling me that it's, it would have been better on Netflix or HBO, the miniseries, yeah. instead of a big movie. Most definitely. If, so if it was that well, deep of a career, you know, might as well extend it and not just... Like, it definitely does what most, most movies do, and it, it truncates a lot of the story, which you have to do to fit it in two hours. It was a good movie, but it's like there was more that could have been shown. Right, I got that whole entire thing. Even the part where Chris Vaughn being in the movie and everything kind of took me out just a little bit because of oh, the yeah. fact that, you know, you know, I wanted 
can be. He did the job in the three role in that part, in a sense. Yeah. But you know what I mean. I said they would have actually put gave him a little more stuff to do to make him be that hard, hard coach on them, so that way they can actually progress better. Well, that, everything, a, and it just seems he didn't bring his level that. Well, that's the thing. That's that's probably the most noticeable character that is like a mesh of multiples. Like that's a mesh of Phil Debot and Dusty Rose, and I think somebody else. Like they put all those three into that character because this character is not a real person. Right. I I can actually see that. Yeah. And everything. And you know, I know Louie actually mentioned the fact that you know mean not it would be good to be a movie, it's actually just a TV series versus being a movie. Mm-hmm. So I do, I have to agree with him on that because for example, this is me talking out a little out of box a little bit for Debt Note. You see, I'm not a big anime fan, but I love the anime of Debt Note. And then whenever yeah. they put it into the U.S. for the uh, movie version, I'm like, this would have played better in a TV show versus a movie because you can actually have the character arc. You can actually have yeah. the characters to be better developed to be series versus a movie because. Two and a hours for a movie. Sometimes you can get it fleshed out. Sometimes you can't. It's all about the writing and the progression of what you can do with it. Well, you see mm. something something yeah. else going with what you're saying as well is it kind of shows. I, I'm not familiar with the director, but it kind of feels like the director never did a biography movie. Also, right? True. I think it was Stephen Furmerchin's first movie of directing. Like he's well known for being a you know co-creator of The Office and all that stuff. But if I'm not mistaken, it was his first director director movie. So it, it kind of shows because it was a fun okay. movie, but at the same time, it for someone who does a lot of biography, uh, there's a way, probably a pacing, a way to write someone's um, uh, someone's uh, career, you know. So it might not even mm-hmm. be the director; it might be like the screenwriter never really wrote a biography. Right, kind of shows. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, definitely. That's also another point. Right. That's Sorry. like if you want to think about it. If you think about it, you also use um, Straight Outta Compton, for example. They covered yeah. it on the positives and negatives, but then and once you actually get into the last half of it, they went into more of the positives and the negatives. And whenever I'm watching a biopic of something, whether it's a band, whether it's about wrestling or anything, I want to get into both of it. I want to get yeah. to do the positives and negatives, not just... We glorify the person because of the fact that they're this big, huge band or whatever. I want the positives and I want the negatives. Yeah. And well, because that's, that's they are. I don't like that's right. That's the biggest. Like I, this is the movie I enjoy, but that is the biggest negative for Bohemian Rhapsody. None of a lot of that shit didn't happen. Like they never broke up. Um, things were placed in the wrong time period. Uh, just a lot of that stuff is, is complete bullshit, which is weird because the band themselves were involved in the making the movie. Well, that's another thing, too. And I think even Christian brought this, too, because we're involved so much. It's yeah. like, okay, they don't want Freddie to be in a negative light, so therefore they want to have something else in the it. So that could be also yeah. two other things that they've done. But I definitely agree with you on that because it felt like Bohemian Rhapsody felt like a VH1 behind the music type of yeah. If you think about it, you remember those old TV shows with like Meatloaf and all that when we're uh, yeah, yeah. Say, like behind the music uh, movies. That felt like to me in a certain sense. Yeah, I enjoyed no, the movie, but you know, 
Right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Rocket Man did it better. I agree with you. Yeah. I think Selena was actually a better biopic than what they did with Premier uh, Rhapsody. I yeah, can't say I've seen that one. Like, I know about Lopez it. In it and everything, but, yeah, right, yeah right. no, I, like, I'm familiar, I, but I've just never seen it. Right. Well, here's the thing. In Spanish class, you know, we basically mm. uh, would actually have, like, a time we actually would put on a movie. And so our Spanish teacher put on Selena for some reason. Oh, And okay. we would just watch <laughs> Selena. Hmm. That's funny. Uh, but she's like, okay, I'm just tired of teaching, so I'm just going to put on a movie to teach you how to be a uh, dude Spanish. Yeah. So, but, yeah. But what other biopics do you actually like, though? Uh, biopics. Um, oh, trying to think. Wait, I like Ali a lot. Yeah, yes, we are. I like Ali a lot. Like I said, Fighting with a Family was a good one. Um, oh God, you're putting me on the spot with that one. Uh, good. Guys. Oh wow. Um, Lincoln. No. Yeah, Lincoln was pretty good. I, I I fall asleep on that movie every time I try to watch it. I really do. Yeah. Try. I really do. I just can't stay awake. Um, Walk the Line is a good one. Yeah, sort of. Name me other one. one. Well, then you got like. Braveheart. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a massive cheat. <laughs> <laughs> what a good one. <laughs> um, like, okay. Biopics. Like, okay, so you got Bohemian Rhapsody, you got Rocket Man, Ollie. Um, American Gangster, I guess you could say, is a biopic. Um, yeah, and it's actually uh, close to that. Yeah. What's the one on um, uh, that Bale did recently on uh, uh, Cheney? What? Yeah, Cheney. Uh, Dick, oh. I think is what it's called. Yeah, Dick. That's a good one. Well, um, I, I, my biography, yes, it's a biography, but just at that moment, uh, Moneyball probably is my my favorite one. Yeah. That was a that good was, one. Uh, I forgot that was a biopic. Yeah. My personal favorite is one that nobody really heard of. It's called Nowhere Boy. It's a biopic on John Lennon's early years up until the Beatles oh, went no. to Hamburg. Okay. Oh, wow. I didn't hear about yeah. that one. Yeah, it was, in, it was an Indian movie probably about uh, 11 years ago. Definitely worth checking out. They all do his own singing. You've got the, uh, the first meeting of McCartney Lennon. Uh, it's pretty, basically it's all about his childhood up until he leaves for Hamburg, to, and where the Beatles become, you know, start becoming famous. It's really good. It's got um, Aaron Taylor right. Johnson, uh, who was uh, Kickass. He plays John Lennon. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, definitely, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah. Because I'm, yeah, I'm definitely worth into it. biopics and history. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely worth it. All right. Yeah, for me, American Gangster was really good, though, for a biopic. And it's oh, actually, yeah. if you actually look at the background of it and everything, because that's what I did after the film, everything connects to how the movie actually was. Like, there's nothing that was really left out of it to where they actually made it more exact, where they actually exaggerated it. Mm. Because you know, even in the director's cut and everything, it's that I really like. Oh, go on ahead. Yeah, I, I just thought of one. Some could disagree and some can agree. And I just, I don't know much about the guy, but I actually found it interesting was W. Oh, yeah. Oh. That was interesting. Yeah, okay. I feel like they took a that lot was of a really good one. one huh? So what was that? They took a lot of liberties on that one. But okay. Yeah, I've never seen it, so. 
I don't know the guy, but for me, what I saw was it's not what I expected. They they portrayed the character. If he's like that a bit in real life, not the storylines, but the way he was acting, uh, the the way he portrayed himself and and everything. Uh, it's interesting because that's how that's not how I see the president or the ex president. I always saw him as a buffoon, mm-hmm. right? Because well, I don't know much about him, but to see him in real life, let's say. For, it was really, really not what I expected. Yeah. I know the, uh, the general consensus, at least, I mean, I can't speak for the entire nation, but I know up here in Pennsylvania, the general consensus about George Bush is that Dick ran the country for the most part, especially during 9-11. Dick was in charge. Yeah. George was just guys- flying around. Secret Service had control of Air Force One, and... George was saying go back to DC and the Secret Service is absolutely yeah. not. Dick's in a bunker running the country trying to find out if anything else is going to happen. Yeah. So for all intents well, and purposes, Dick was running the country at least for a day. Have any of you guys actually seen the movie Dick? Uh, no, I didn't even know that they made one. Yeah, you guys have to watch that. Like that was uh, That's an amazing movie. Amazing movie. And it touches on all the stuff you just mentioned. I don't know. I think deserves a biopic. Who? You'll probably never see it. Is it right? Sorry, who? Condoleezza Rice. She was. Oh yeah. Can't remember what. Secretary of State, right? Yeah, that's what she ultimately. Yeah, Secretary of State. What she was during nine eleven? I can't remember. She played a crucial role though, but I can't remember what role it was. Hmm. Why, uh, she she deserves a biopic at least. And hell, I'm surprised she hasn't run for office. To be honest. Oh yeah. You, uh, you know who also deserves a biopic, um, and this is a character I always love. Okay, uh, is uh, Doctor Roof. I don't know if you've yeah. her. Larry's telling That'd be me pretty cool. That yeah, yeah. guys into that you're calling Dick is um, Vice. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, Dick's totally the movie. Right. Yeah, Vice. No, it was it was a good movie. I've got one, and it's actually a sports biopic. Um, I guarantee you, none of you guys have heard of the player. Uh, his name is Terry Sodchuk. He was the shutout king in the NHL up until Patrick Watt passed him. Um, he was part of the Red Wings teams in the 1950s and late 40s. However, he battled a lot of mouth mental health issues. He had a very short temper, always got into fights with his teammates, was, mm-hmm. uh, after he left the Red Wings, was bounced back and forth around the league, and he died from injuries sustained through uh, 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 a fight with a teammate on his front lawn where they actually were swinging hockey sticks at each other. I think that would be a fascinating uh, biopic. Huh. I don't know that name, and I do not know that story. <laughs> yeah, def- you should def- definitely look it up. It, it's 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 very fascinating. Another biopic. I, I don't, again, I don't know much about sports, but that was intriguing to me. The whole Houston Astros um, uh, debacle in the. Oh yeah. I would love to understand what the fuck mm-hmm. happened. Are oh, you trying to handle that? Another. Don't be surprised if you see that in ten years. Yeah. I was gonna say because I ain't done yet. That ain't done no, yet because at all. Because the Major League Baseball teams still got to play them in the regular season for the first time. I guarantee you, every one of them people, when they go up to bat, they're going to get at least one ball thrown in their head per game. Yeah, they might, they might as well replace the team logo with a target. 
<laughs> the and the Another uh, Major League Baseball said that they're going to penalize anybody that does it, but I still yeah. see it happening. Oh, yeah. People are still going to do it. Another one that I liked was uh, Borg versus McEnroe with Shia LaBeouf. Oh, really? Be Is it good? I just haven't seen it. I loved it. It's on Amazon Prime, and uh, okay. I ran, went on ahead and checked it out. Chaya does a fantastic job at playing McEnroe. And mm. then, you know, they're both different. I like the fact that it shows Chaya in America versus how Borg is in his country, showing the differences between the two of them and the strategies they actually have to use against each other. Mm. Okay. About how Borg actually has to try and get into his head. I really love that. And then if you're not familiar with Candace at all, they actually explain certain rules are in tennis as well. Because I even said this on the podcast. I said, I don't know a thing about tennis at all. Mm. So I'm glad they actually put that in there because of well, people not knowing what this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did um, any of you guys see Battle of the Sexes with Steve Carell and uh, Emma Stone? It's on my list. That's a good one. I would check I that out. That and and uh, probably the... Uh, Miracle is a great one. Psych, you want? I saw Miracle, but I don't remember the details. Oh man, it's a good movie. It's been forever since I watched it. I'm changing my on Apple movie. TV. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm no, going ahead. No, 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 no. Thank you, sir. Um, changing my favorite oh. one, Raging Bull. Oh yeah. Hmm. I love that. that. Yeah, that's that's, that's about oh, yeah. every one of my favorite sports movies, Mighty Ducks. Like just the trilogy <laughs> and all. Give me nice. that as a sports. It's, a, it's a biography. That's how they started, man. <laughs> yeah, that's the origins of the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. That's what it is. But, yeah. Let's yeah. see. I also like um another one I liked as far as sports movies go is too is like yeah there's Ali but I also like UFC that's never back then though it's not a biopic or anything like that but it's like the Warrior? introduction into the UFC kind of thing huh Warrior oh never back then it's never back down oh, oh never back down too. yes Warrior's I saw that in theaters yeah. yeah never back down I saw Warriors in theaters Warrior is definitely a good one man yep and then uh listen yeah. There was also another one that I want to mention, too, that I really liked. Was, um, it has Sean William Scott in it. He's a hockey player. Goon. It's, and then, yeah, that's a good Goon. one. That's one of my favorites. Lou actually uh, did an episode of The Friends Who Watches on that. Yeah. And uh, our producer, Dave Jefferson. <laughs> and uh, it was really cool. And uh, like I said before, Goon is so much more message than we think. Because it hit me during uh, uh, when I was watching it. This is a story about a man trying to find his place in the world. Yeah. You know, it's everyone can relate to that because there's a part like Jay Bearshaw is doing his podcast and he looks sad. And Jay Bearshaw is like, like, what's wrong? And he's like, I just realized everyone has something but me. And then he finds mm -hmm. out, you know, so uh, it, it was a lot deeper than I expected second, uh, second time around. Oh, 100%. Even the second one is pretty deep. I have to agree with uh, Louie on that one. I liked uh, the first one more than I did the second one. The second okay. one, like, okay, 
let's just make a movie to me. It was like, okay, let's make a second one because everybody's been wanting a second one yeah. versus having a plot. That's what I liked about the first one. Mm-hmm. It's no, been a while since I've seen them. I should to watch them. Can I flip uh, a question to you guys? Sure. Uh, what's your favorite horror movies? Conjuring. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that one. Which one? Conjuring. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. And then my for my second and third, I would say second would be The Ring. Uh, and then the third would be Ghost Ship. Uh, Ghost Ship was one of the first R-rated movies I got uh, I got let into when I was uh, 14. Let's see. For me, I'm going to go with Conjuring as well. Because I love the fact that it doesn't give you any type of music, any type of background. You know, so there's actually something behind you or anything like that. And the way the camera actually panhandles around and everything, you don't see everything that's going around you. So you're actually mm-hmm. automatically zoomed into this character and you're zoned into it. And you don't know what's actually happening. And then when it does, it freaks you out. And I love that yeah. entire aspect of it. Uh, the other movie I'm going to have to go with is the 1975 Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Okay. It's actually one of my favorites. Because, like... Like I said before, when I was on the thing with Brett, and then this is like the Blair Witch Project in the 1970s, the way that the camera actually looks mm-hmm. and the way how real it actually looks makes you actually feel like you're there. Then I also have to go with Don't Breathe, mm. and the other yeah. Sorry. Then the other one I have to go. No, 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 no. If you go on ahead, Louis. No, no, I, I was just reacting for me that every anytime that someone says that movie, I have a gut over that reaction. I was so okay during that movie, so same here. Like I remember going to movie theaters and these girls were sitting behind me. They had their mouths pretty much covering their mouths because they were freaking out because of how scared they were. Mm-hmm. And everything because they were scared not, not to breathe. And then there's also a quiet so it was also on my list of movies That's that I really one. loved because mm-hmm. the originality, be- yeah, the originality behind it, where there's no dialogue, but just the way that the, the characters look at each other and the way they're actually scared and the way they care themselves yeah. during that time, and then also too, you actually have a character that's pregnant, so it's like, okay, how do you prepare for something like that when you're pregnant and you're also dealing with like an alien invasion type thing? So mm-hmm. how, how do we actually take care of a baby during this time? And then they actually prepared for it. Mm. And that's also the mind-boggling thing. They actually had everything planned. So mm. that's what I really love about A Quiet Place. It's smart. Yeah. It was a smart movie really? and everything. Oh, sure. And I know people had issues with the ending, but I really love the ending. Because mm. it actually explains the, uh, the father's love for children on what he would do for his children. Exactly. So Mine, I'd go uh, Conjuring, the uh, chapter one. It's just because it actually helped oh. shape me in some way with the first child's play. To be that, honest with you, I have to agree with you on it, chapter one. Yeah. As well. And it let me just tell you why. Sucked. I didn't mind it, it just was too long. I didn't really care for it, chapter two, too much. Chapter one was my favorite. And here's the thing I remember being excited for the announcing that there's going to be a remake. Because mm-hmm. of the fact of what they did with the miniseries. The miniseries was butchered. And I actually remember re- actually hearing the director's commentary on it. Yeah. 
never the book. He never read. He never knew anything about the Stephen King adapt. Anything about Stephen King or anything like that. I think he went off of Cliff Notes versus actually knowing the material. But I was like, okay, this explains why the second half of the uh, miniseries was all butchered to the point where I couldn't even understand what was going on. Yeah. But I can appreciate the theatrical version for uh, it because he actually went into the background of the town yeah. history and nothing was butchered with that. It's just so creepy. One is him- yeah, it was. It really was. Yeah, uh, Child's know? Play is because my mom let me watch it when I was three. Uh, because according to her, I kept asking her to watch the movie with the doll on the cover, and so I had nightmares till I was getting to my teens. And then I asked her one day, and that's what she told me. And yeah, because of that, I have lifelong fear of porcelain dolls and anything lifelike like that. <laughs> I, I can watch the movie, no problem. I love it, but I can't be near one of those dolls. I can't go into a taxidermy. I, nope, I'm out. <laughs> no. Now, I uh, I will say my first introduction to horror was just it was out of sheer stupidity as like a six-year-old kid. And that was I found this tape. It was a recorded uh, VHS, so it wasn't an official copy of anything. I didn't know what the hell was on it. For all I know, it could have been porn. I don't know. I throw it in the VCR. For all y'all that are too young to know what VCR is, it's a predecessor to DVD player. Yep. Yes, I'm old. <laughs> Me too, video home system. <laughs> Anyhow. Um... And you start, it, it starts playing, and it got some pretty groovy music going and whatnot, and it, it comes up on the screen, and you're going, as soon as I start describing the scene, stop me, I uh, hit something that you remember. Have this really creepy, eerie, groovy music going that's really kind of catchy, and you're going down the steps, and it's going in a spiral pattern, and you're going faster, you're going faster, you're going down into a crypt, and you get down, and you see this platform in the middle of the room. Anybody know where this is going? Uh, there's a lock involved. <laughs> uh, yep. The Crypt Keeper popped out of the damn sarcophagus. Man, I was out of that room quicker than you could say, get the fuck out. <laughs> no kidding. I was gone. <laughs> Just see a mini silhouette of hotel nerd right to the wall. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's... that's my, a, yeah. Uh, let's see, my introduction into horror... Oh. My uh, introduction into horror was actually... Oh, go ahead. I was actually going to say mine. Um, mines are... Go. 28 Days Later. Oh, yeah. I've not seen that movie. Oh. I that is great, and I've not seen that one uh, yet. Ah, bro, if there's something, it's something <sighs> the visceral nature of the movie. If there's something so raw about it that just that blew my mind when I saw it. Um, then it would be Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. Yeah, I'm I'm <sighs> with you there. I love that movie. Something, I love that one. Something campy, but just stays classic. To, it's gonna be mm-hmm. always a classic, in my opinion. And then uh, a more recent one, one that just I never get scared of movies, but something is just wrong about this movie. Something crept in its witch. 
Never saw it. Oh, which? Yeah. Oh man, so eerie, bro. Are you talking about the witch? Oh, yeah, the witch, sorry. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen the witch. Oh, it's... I know what you're talking about, too. The the, the goats and everything is <laughs> yeah. so creepy. Hmm. I would say it's probably it's the one that creepy vibe. The one that got me on a visceral level would be um, not the Blair Witch Project, but oh, yeah. the Blair Witch. The new one, the Blair Witch. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like that one, I actually Book of Shadows. I liked as like a normal movie per se. Yeah. Because it wasn't that found footage documentary thing. But going back and watching the direct sequel to the Blair Witch Project, mm-hmm. that. I want to say it was great, but it had me entertained. And um, one to say the Blair Witch Project did not do for me. Yeah, Blair Witch Project sucks. Blair Witch Project was basement at the end and all the cursing that happened beforehand. Did uh, did any of you guys see the Evil Dead remake? That was good. I did. Okay, so my favorite horror movie experience was watching that the second time because I saw it in theaters. I bought it, and then I came back home for a friend's wedding, and after the wedding, we all got together, and they're like, oh, I'm like, let's all watch Evil Dead. They're like, okay. So, I'm sitting just enough behind them that they couldn't see me watching them whenever all the really gross, scary parts happened, and just to see them, like, cover their eyes and, like, tag and want to throw up, oh, it was, it was the best. Especially when she, like, at the end of the movie, she, like, ripped her hand off. Oh. John, I don't think we got to your introduction of horror, though. My introduction, of course, I have to go to Louis, uh, Louis Pick for not, right, of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street mm. because of the airiness of it. And Robert England, I mean, I actually have an autograph of Robert England and everything. He actually gave me an autograph picture call, and it actually says Sleep Kills. And it says Sleep Kills, John. And that was just perfect. But nice. I remember being introduced into World Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven and style. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. cheesy and everything right na- back then, but, you know, it was just that eerie music, like Lou was pointing yeah. out. And then also, too, something that can kill you in your dreams. Like, mm, that just, that will actually creep you out alone. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I, I, because I, it makes... Right. I, I got another one. No, no, uh, no. I, I got another one. Cats. That was I, I've never been scared like that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Cats. Nice. <laughs> that was horrible, man. That's, that's horrible no, the, to go back to Nightmare on Elm Street for a moment, like I, I, I didn't come across that movie too. Like I didn't watch it until I was in my teens, but I remember being a little kid watching walking through the video store. Again, for those of you old enough to remember. Um, and seeing the the kid VHS case for Nightmare on Elm Street four. And on the back there is a snapshot of uh, one of the characters. She in the movie, she's always, her mother's always trying to make her watch her weight and stuff like that. And in her nightmare, she gets force fed food and like her cheeks like explode, like keep yep. going until she's bigger. But on the back cover was the scene like her with these big ass cheeks like getting food stuck in her mouth. And I remember looking at that as well. Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, that's this nightmare the shit out of me. Part five. It was a five. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
God. It's like, okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, fuck. I lost it. Ah, I lost it. Oh, I'll get it back. Yeah. Okay. For I me, still say the best, the best one was from the ring. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Huh. Okay. So, my, fa- my favorite thing for five was the comic book scene where yeah. the, uh, the kid is in the drawing. That's my favorite part in five. Okay. That was like the, the best only death, quality that I loved about five. The yeah. best Nightmare on Elm Street death is part three, the marionette. Agreed. <laughs> what's the one? What's the one that has Johnny Depp getting sucked into the first one and all blood just works out? That's the first one, and there's actually more to that scene that they cut. It, it keeps going, and he actually emerges out of the bed and just flops down dead. And uh, you can only see it in the making that. of documentaries. Yeah, you can see it in the making of documentaries. They show that uh, outtake. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Damn it, I keep losing it. Um, <laughs> God, ah, why I have to speak if not? Ah, fuck. All right, I lost it again. Damn it. Well, if we're talking okay. horror movies, the best, the best jump scare that you ever had. For me, it was the ring with uh, Samara. When she comes out of the TV there at the end, yeah, going up, creeping up to that guy, and all of a sudden she's like, "Boom!" She's like right in front of you, and he falls through the table. I know it's coming every time. I know where it's at. I know how it sets itself up, and this damn thing still gets me every damn time. Mine is nowhere near that scary, but it's from The Conjuring, and it's. See, I didn't find that scary. Oh. Did, but I every didn't find time that scary. It, it just surprises me. I don't either, because but it just I makes me jump every time. Because I kind of expected it, to be honest, in a way. Yeah, I, I just don't know why. Every time it just gets me. Um, like, it doesn't scare me, but it's just like, oh, you know. Uh, question for you guys Is there an overhyped horror movie that you just don't get the hype for? Um, yeah. Shit, I can think of it. Um, oh, I can even see the poster. It's the one where the kid's drawing on the wall, drawing the, the face and blood. Oh, shit. Oh. It was the Ethan Hawk movie. Damn it. It's I'm not sorry. Sinister? Yes, that's it. Sinister. Okay. 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 Yeah. That was over. That movie, if you ever watched that, that movie is bullshit. I turned that movie off <laughs> the hallway scene. And, John, you know exactly where I'm going with this rant, so just bear with me a minute. Because you have had this conversation already. But you can see the boom mics. You can see the production crew in the back of the hallway. Mm. You can see them setting shit up for this wow. the movie. It's bullshit. I'm sorry, I can see production crew, boom mics and cameras in the hallway to set this scare up. I'm out. I'm done. You get it. If not, or better yet, plus motherfucker, you fail. Conjuring 2. <laughs> yeah, was that, was a Conjuring two? Yeah, that was overhyped. Yeah. I like the second one, though. I actually enjoy mm. that one a lot. It has moments, but I 
Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't nowhere near close to being as good as the first one, though. No. Not even. Yeah, exactly. Remote. You put those two movies hand in hand and say, which one do you like more? I guarantee you 95% of the population that's seen it is going to say Conjuring 1 over 2. Yeah, exactly. Mine would be uh, Insidious. I don't get it. I really don't. Oh, yeah. I've only seen snippets of that. I can, I actually. Go ahead, John. Whenever this came out and everything, I thought it was really good. And then I started thinking, okay, this is starting to be a little bit more overhyped than everything on the second viewing mm. of Insidious. I'm like, okay, this is not as good as rewatching it for time. Mm-hmm. You know? And I know I'm stepping out of the zone a little bit with horror movies and stuff like that, but them announcing the second Avatar movie and everything is, to me, is a little overhyped because I the originality behind the first Avatar movie, but I just don't really care now that it's been so many years. Yeah. And it's like they're going to get us hyped up, and it's like, okay, I'm not really feeling it anymore. I'm not really feel- getting that excitement like I did whenever I first saw the um, movie twice in theaters. Mm. And then all two, on my first viewing, well, first time I saw it in theaters, and I bought it on DVD for the extended cut, and I'm like, I'm not having that same effect that I did in theaters. Yeah, same, same. Don't forget, the hype train isn't just real for the second one. Three, four, five, six. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Again, um, to be the devil's advocate, but if they're doing five parts and, you know, it's not just visual effects, right? What if they're actually doing a full-fledged full-fledged um, storyline for all five movies? And let's say they're going for a concept of almost like a Lord of the Rings, that, like, a lot of deep uh, mythology. Maybe. But the problem, I know the one they're doing now is underwater. I'm okay with that. But the problem is it's been, what, over 10 years since the first one? 12. It's been 12 uh, and... Dude. I know like, the next, this one's underwater, supposedly. Who's on board? Like, who's on I, board? You know what? I'm curious. Me too. Because Avatar is still probably the best made 3D movie I've ever seen. Like, on the big screen, it was beautiful. So I want to see what they're going to do with the second mm-hmm. one. Will it be good? Probably not. But it, it's, you know, has, aesthetically pleasing. It, it might have the, the Transformers effect, right? It's bad. Yeah. People still won't see it, so... Yeah, I'll let Roka hear you say that. That's true. Yeah, exactly. Roka, I love it. I love you, but for this one, you're a moron. Except for Bumblebee. Except for Bumblebee. The first one, the first one was good. Everything yeah. else trashed. No, Bumblebee was good. Bumblebee was Tombstone, good. Tombstone is a western. I will fight you on that every day of the week. Amen, brother. Yep. A <laughs> uh, fun fact, and this is something you um. You'll uh, you'll learn about eventually. Um, fuck, uh, Tombstone uh, is the same guy who did Rambo two and um, I think. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Commando. Uh, the movie I'm doing, yep. uh, the review with Whitney Seibel next week is actually his son's movie. Oh, that's that? so awesome! Yeah, it's called Beyond the Black Rainbow. But yeah, it's just funny because we talked a lot about Rambo two. And how he was a Reaganist. Uh, he was a pro Reagan and uh, uh, oh, yeah. male toxicity and everything. So, sorry, I just went to, to what Winnie said to me. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, I like Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. 
my dad looked at me funny when we saw the latest one in theaters because I'm sitting there like, ah, 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 while he's killing everyone. And my dad's just like, <laughs> I'd still say both his favorite movies, Tank Commandments, because he was actually there for the original uh, carving of the stone. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's funny. What's that one uh, feedback movie, though? I uh, say that again. What's Oh, what's everyone's favorite action movie? If I can start. Can I cheat? Yeah, go ahead. Die Hard. Avengers action. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? <laughs> fuck. I'd have to agree with you on that one. Um, oh, if, if we're going for a cheat, that's that's one. If we're not going for a cheat, I'm gonna go American Outlaws. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go Rambo First Blood. Yes, I love filmed in Hope, British Columbia. Yeah. Every, um, to, to drive to Terrace, you have to drive under the the sign. Like when he walks into town in that movie. You watch through a sign that says "Welcome to Hope." You have to drive underneath that sign every time you want to come up my way. All right, I gotta, I gotta share this because this is too funny from Larry. Everybody just yeah. read this. Did you see the Roka versus Abraham Lincoln? Smoke? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love it. That's awesome. Come in. I remember. Hey, Lincoln never hold belts, right? So yeah. Don't oh, forget, I think Lincoln Lincoln was a vampire hunter too. True. That is an underrated movie. Abraham really? Vampire, Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I love that movie. Okay, you know what? It might be my book because I love uh, what's um, the one with the Victorian uh, times, Pride and uh, Pride, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah, I love that. I, a lot of people bullshit on a movie. I love that movie. Sometimes it's good to have a movie where you can just ch chill and re relax and shove popcorn in your face. You don't have to worry about paying attention to things. Yeah, exactly. You know? And that's what I'll... That's just sit down and shove popcorn in your face that's American yeah. Outlaws that's that's you my know, pleasure movie mine I'm gonna I'm gonna go the action adventure route National Treasure okay the, I'm gonna find that's got the reviewing though sorry what I did the reviewing that on my podcast and oh yeah, yeah. National yeah. Treasure I, movies for both of them Me, I love those yeah. movies and I love those movies yeah same here <laughs> So I'm gonna go with that. Like it's an action adventure, but it's like yeah, it's one of those definitely one of those movies I can put it on and anywhere and be entertained. Uh, another one I would definitely would be John Wick, the first one. That just blew my yeah. mind. That like yeah, that just, for me it's something pop. I'm like this is sick. This is oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, same with the first Taken. I had the same uh, reaction with Taken. Yeah. Yep. The other ones not so much. I'm gonna Taken one, yeah. Oh yeah, Taken One was just fantastic. Yeah, my my favorite comedy movie is uh, got a flat out comedy. It's got to be Dogma. Mm, Kevin Smith, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tommy Boy. Yeah, gotta be Dogma. It does nothing gets better than Dogma from Kevin Smith. That was peak Kevin yeah, Smith. Yeah, I, I my favorite Kevin Smith will always be Chasing Amy, but my favorite comedy is Tommy Boy. 
That's a great one. Yeah, I love that movie. Sadly, we just lost another Man, actor for that movie, too. The one yeah, that Brian Denny, also in First Blood. Yep. I, and I gotta give some uh, some mm. to Mean Girls. Oh, yeah, Mean Girls is good. I love Mean Girls, man. Yeah, same here. A League of Their Own? I love Mean Girls. A League of Their Own is, is, that is, was is awesome. See, another one I want to mention is uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. That's mm. one of my favorite go-tos if I'm like having yeah. a bad day. Because oh, yeah. of that, you know. Girlfriend of <laughs> right now. She's on a sofa and she just shook, shook her head like, yep, I agree. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's because you, got, you liked it because you got to see Jason Siegel. <laughs> <laughs> All of this. <laughs> That was that it was pro- one of the most surprising moments of in the theater for me was seeing that. <laughs> Same here. Wait, yeah. wait, did they really show that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, another thing too that I like, um, I'm gonna go with Kevin Smith, and it's actually gonna be the very first clerk movie. Hmm? And the what, sorry? The clerks. clerks. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm more of a Clerks guy. Sp- yeah, clerks one because of the fact I used to work at a video store. Oh yeah. So, so I was kind of so I could actually relate a little bit to Randall a little bit in a sense. I wasn't like Randall, but I really lo- I really love that whole entire aspect where you actually have your best friend working next door to you. You can just go ahead and just shoot the cop them. Yeah. And- about different things, and I really love that whole entire aspect. So, have any of you guys seen James on Bob reboot? I have. I I really like that. I yeah, it's up there. Like, it's 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 the 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 storyline they take with Jay in that movie is really well done. I agree What's with you. That? Not that, but oh, go on. No. Go ahead. You're going. You're complimenting off what he was saying. So my, I have a whole different question. Okay. Well, I just don't want to interrupt you. Um, but no, what I love about the Jay and Silent Bob reboot is the fact that nothing really felt like it was forced. It shows you how mature some of the characters game mm. for the years, and I love the transformation of that. That's actually what you should do for your show. To actually, be the same. I have That's what you should do for your show. I actually have to agree with the comment that Brandy said. Uh, great choice. Playing trains and automobile is so underrated. Yes. It's so underrated. So good pick, Brandy. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking I of Smith, that's definitely right, over, right there is an autographed panel from the Chasey Gamey comic book from the movie by Kevin Smith. I'm just... <laughs> Yeah, well, I bought I bought it off the Silent Stash, uh, Stash website. John, you oh, look like you're okay. slightly. So, no, what's your address? I want to visit you. <laughs> well, it's yeah, yeah, okay there. <laughs> As I take down my Logan poster and my Titanic poster and all. <laughs> Don't you get enough time? <laughs> I'm sorry. My I'm BDS like, poster in my like, room. You show me something. I was like. <laughs> Wait, wait, Soda, you have a BDS. DeLorean's going back into storage. Sorry, Soda. Did you just see a BDSM poster in your uh, 
in your room. Uh, a BVS, BVS poster. <laughs> oh, no, 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 BVS time. Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not into that sort of thing, Luke. <laughs> yeah. Now you're going to judge, bro. Hey, whatever. No, no judgments. <laughs> probably one of this right here is actually probably one of my more prized. This right here is probably one of my prized possessions. My DeLorean. I love that. I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah. yeah. From uh, Back to the Future 2. Yeah, right with now, all the noises and stuff. Possession hangs hey. right there. That... That brings me that question. Talking the sword? Huh? No, no, no. Talking about the poster. I can't. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for my. I'm getting my shirt in the mail. I did the shirt. Um, question for you guys. What's, what was your favorite toy when you were younger? Is there a memory of like one particular toy? I'm Mine would be the Superman toy. The what toy? Sorry. It was a Superman toy where you had like the Krypton, uh, Kryptonian ring. Oh yeah. Where it's like, um, and basically you can go ahead and put close to Superman's uh, face. Basically, he would fall down because of the fact that he can uh, he can't have any type of Kryptonian near him. So I thought that was actually pretty cool how they actually made that to like a ring to way yeah. basically use it against Jack figure. So that was like one of my favorite toys. Mine, and um, it's still in my parents' place, so why I never brought it to my place is beyond me, is my Macho King Randy Savage wrestling buddy. I used to beat the crap out of that on the trampoline all the time. And like I said, I still have it. My now, dude, I used to have a Hulk Hogan. <laughs> that's the one I wanted, but you know what? I couldn't go wrong with the Macho King. Yeah, dig it! No. I, mine's going to be really pathetic. It's a rock. Did you say a stick? Sorry, did you say a stick? Yep. I grew wow. up in, in the country, and our big thing was is we uh, played war uh, okay. in the woods. Oh, yeah. And Find, we would find these these sticks that looked like guns. You can nice. find out these sticks are on the floor, oh. on the floor, floor yeah. bro, look yeah. like real guns. Only thing you need is imagination, right? Exactly. Bingo. Hey, funny. You want? I'll give you a funny story. I remember this. I thought. I think I was like seven, eight. Um, in preschool, there was you know kickball, like baseball, with like a rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone stole the kicking balls. But that was not going to deprive us of having fun. We literally rolled an imaginary fucking ball and we would kick it and like, like it was chaos. Someone says I catch it. The other one said, no, you didn't catch it. But we still play for an hour like that, right? We didn't have fucking oh, wow. Ball. So only thing you need is imagination. I'll take one yeah. back. Hacky sack. Ah, uh, yes. I remember, I remember the days of the hacky sack. Oh, I just yeah. I just remember, it just popped in my head. I don't know why it just popped in there. Mine? Uh, oh. it, yeah, hacky sack. Mine would be a Star Trek Next Generation shuttlecraft. I had Worf, uh, Borg, Data, uh, Captain nice. Picard, So And it was like like this big. That and a small uh, 1989 Tim Burton's uh, uh, Batmobile. I still got my... Uh... My my uh, Hot Wheels version. Yeah, baby. 
Yeah. I, thought, uh, I also uh, have I have it as uh, the Lego. I have a story about the Batmobile. We actually had the Adam West Batmobile. We had the Michael Keaton Batmobile. And who was after Michael Keaton? Was it George Clooney? Uh, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. We had the Val Kilmer Batmobile all go through uh, the area where I live. Huh. Nice. They were being bought on trailers down to a show in Harrisburg for a Comic-Con. I saw... I saw the Adam West one at a Vancouver Comic Con once, and that was pretty cool. My favorite one has to be the Adam West one. See, I've got a special place in my heart for the key, for the '89. I say Tumblr man. Same here. I I, I love Tumblr. Speaking of speaking of which, Lou, the Lego Tumblr. Yeah, there's some, something for me that Batmobile is so different from all the other ones. Yeah. And yet, for me, and shows how brilliant Nolan is, is the most realistic. Like, to do all those things, right, you can't just go to a normal car base. It has to be custom-made, having military purpose. Yeah. It's just brilliant. And for me, that design came out of so much research. And not just, I want something long with bat ears and make it look like mm -hmm. a penis. You know, no. It's, there's some thought behind it, you know? Yeah, no. And no, no I'm to it. So what? I said no bat nipples. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, bat cod pieces. I've also got this when I when I they re-released this line, I had to buy it. I oh. old school. Yeah, and yeah, I'm and all the parts come the, apart and stuff. That. Yeah, my parents would never buy that for me as a kid. So when they released the line, this was I, I bought it right away. Very cool. I just realized I got too much shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I was my favorite Megazord is probably the Shogazord. Hey, I've got a soft place in my heart for the one where uh, after the White Ranger, uh, sorry, when they had the Green Ranger where his his uh, his dinosaur would attach to the back. I don't know, something about that one. Hmm. I mean, other than the fact that it looks like it's going to seriously like, nuke Russia. <laughs> that yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> did you guys ever see the? You hotel nerd. If you haven't already, you should check out the episode of the toys that made us on the Power Rangers. Yeah, it, it Ben the ben it was a good episode. Was amazing. That's yeah. on Netflix, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Because yeah. I watched all of the movies that made us. Um, that was a good one too. And if you haven't watched the Ghostbusters '84 one, holy shit, the shit they went through to make that movie. Yeah. For for me, the one that actually I was surprised me the most was the Dirty Dancing one. That and the Home Alone. Just to hear about those ones. Hmm. I haven't. Those are I, two that I haven't watched yet. I, I avoided well, the Dirty Dancing one because I hate that movie with a passion. Fair enough, but it, it's just it, it, it's just interesting to hear. Like they go back to a lot of locations and see how much it's changed. Like the lake where they do that, where they practice that lift, the lake is gone. They still have the blocks that they stood on to do it, but the lake is gone. Did they get rid of it themselves? I I can't I can't remember. I don't. I actually honestly I think I do not think it was uh, them that did it. <clears throat> 
I know my favorite type of newer material that he ever had was um, North and South. Yeah, that's a great miniseries. My, my parents used to watch it a lot when I was a kid. It's a very hard watch, though. Mm-hmm. One I'm watching right now is uh, Chernobyl. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, it's That's the one that was on HBO, right? Yeah, correct. It's uh, I, I do want to watch it. I'm hoping that comes out with HBO Max so that I can watch it. It you know it should. You just hear like like oh the event right, but seeing the the stories behind the monumental moment that change a lot of things is is amazing. It's how can I say we almost had a Chernobyl here in Pennsylvania. How come? Uh, Three Mile Island back in the oh 70s. yeah 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 that's right. That's that is two and a half hours away from me. Woof. Oh. Let's see, the show that I was watching was that Stephen King movie, The Outsider. Oh yeah, that I, mean, I, watched that I need to watch that one too. You keep saying that one to me, and I get to watch it. It's really good. I, I actually read part of the book. I haven't read the whole entire thing yet, all the way through. But really love the fact that Stephen King actually wrote a, a history novel and then blended it in with some supernatural effect to it as well. So it was a oh, perfect yeah. combination of mystery, sci-fi, and some horror aspects to it. Uh, what platform is that on? HBO. It's on HBO. Yeah. Okay, so it should be on Crave. Though. Yeah, it should be on Crave. Yeah. Yeah. See, up here we have it's, it's, uh, our version of Hulu. It's called Crave. Because okay. we're not cool enough to have Hulu. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I got that. Uh, up in Canada and everything. You guys have to wait for it. Um, some things like the WWE Network we had to wait two years for. Uh, Disney Plus launched day of. Um, yeah, it, it, our our distribution rights up here suck. Well, because it's it's owned by Bell. Bell basically controls yeah. a lot of the telecommunications in Canada. You got couples like here and there that are pretty big now, but they're the biggest telecoms, and they're the one that wanted to create their own Netflix a bit, but partnering up with yeah. HBO and with Stars. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, let's see. I think people have some comments, though. Too, Chris. Let's see. What's that? Yeah. What do, What do your fans have to say? I think. Let's see. I know that uh, Brandy said that she's a fan of the Ghostbuster movies. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then. Uh, Barry was saying that uh, he wanted to know what our favorite Schmodown competitors are. All right. Uh, yeah, I was going to bring it up before we ended everything. Okay. It's for me, uh, for me, it's... Sorry, go ahead. I'm trying to think because I'm literally a rookie fan. So... When did you start watching? Uh, this season. Wow, okay. I started watching with the draft. Wow. Is that what got you in was the draft? Yeah, that's actually what enticed me into it. Very nice. Mm. For me, I'm going on Roka because of the fact that I've been in season one. 
and the rivalry, everything that he went through with the belts, and then how he became a heel, and then he winds up a hero later on. And they went team action the boy. That's when everything just starts going down. Like, yeah. the whole drama, everything. And that's what I love about team action. Was. Especially the way the whole thing wrote up when it was by team action, by Andrew Guy. That part I mm-hmm. really liked. Then also like, <clears throat> also like it too when uh, thing too was the stuff versus Mukuga match was one of my favorites and Mukuga is still one of my favorite competitors too. And Draco versus I like how Mukuga. surprised he gets when he wins a match. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Finn Stockman, Finn Draco versus Mukuga was pretty funny. Wow, I just right. I just Especially when remembered the uh, the 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 horror movie I was looking for, Hellraiser. Sorry, I finally. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, that the end of that movie. I'm props on that, man. Mm, right. That's a creepy fucking movie. I, I have DSL, right? It took me 20 minutes to get the answer, but I got it. Nice. <laughs> uh, got it, man. I like, yeah, I like. I'm a big fan of Broken. All those guys, but truthfully, my favorite is the Clark Wolf. Mm. Great competitor, oh, yeah. but you know what? Even better promos. Like her, we are the league statement stays with me. That that promo just. I yeah. agree. I, I love. I Clark her and Rachel are. Yeah. Oh, for sure. They're great. But uh, I mean, this Clark Wolf. Just I don't know. Some behind her. She's my girl. I, I can tell you who I don't like. That'd be a lot easier for me. Snyder. Yes, Snyder. I do not like him at all. It. And I also do not like Vincent. <laughs> In that okay, case, okay. that means he's doing his job. That's his job to be that unlikable. Hannah, Snyder, all those people. Yeah. That's what they do, right? They, they want yeah. you to hate them. And but Snyder's also good. like that in real life, though. Snyder's yeah, like that in real life too. I know, but you see that that's what he tries. Like that's what he's yeah. aiming for, right? So he's doing his job. No, no, you're not wrong. When when you completely shut out an entire class to film just because they're below your grade. Yeah. Fuck off. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong there. Uh, mine... I don't even know how else to say it. Just be gone. Yeah. Who's yeah. yours, Lou? Uh, for me, just as, like, Schmodown person, Makuga, uh, it's him and Finstock are the reasons why I gotta be a fan. Uh, now, for performance-wise, I gotta say, it's a boring answer, but Dan Merle, he he keeps blowing mm-hmm. your mind every time, you know. Uh, and since doing these shows and getting to know people, I say my favorite person as a person just have a conversation is Kaiser. I love the dude. Oh yeah, He's we had such dude. a great, we had such a great time with Kaiser on the show. Like you guys should definitely go back and watch that interview. It was so much fun. Or even have him on your show because he's a hoot to talk. Yeah. To. Yeah, he's I a great guy. Say my favorite moment out of everything, because I've actually been listening while I'm at work about um, going uh, with the trial of JTE. Yeah, like, I put the That's... quote up. I don't know if you guys were following me at the time. I don't know if I could find it here real quick. I might be able to, but it was the one that says something about um, it's worth to be accused of cheating and winning. Than to have not cheated and lost or something like yep. that. That he's not wrong. Favorite, 
that's my favorite line. I mean, I know I'm extremely paraphrasing that, but it, that that's an awesome line. <laughs> that and you you can't go wrong with my my client is on. Uh, this is trial and error. My client's on trial, and this is a, that's an error. Oh, you can't suck. go wrong with that one. But yeah, don't forget, this is a uh, this season. Like I don't think he knows your reference, though, right? Uh, this is back in season what one or two, man. Well, the, well, my, yeah, that my, what I just said is from the same thing as his, as his trial JTE. Oh yeah, that that's where I'm at in season yeah. one. Oh, okay, no, so you, you're really further than that. Yeah, yeah, I'm up to the point to where Christian gets fucked over by the blue fairy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us. Only, only in those season one rules could Makuta ever challenge. It was only in those season one rules that Makuta would ever have a shot at challenging for the title. Only then. <laughs> yeah, but yo, I'm sorry, bro. Okay, we're gonna go in Schmodan on Canada mode, but I'm sorry, it's so that you can never discount out Makuta. He, you know, um, Howard. You know, is a good, great guesser, and she has this uh, technique to, to, you know, wash down movies until yeah. she gets the answer. Mokuba is the inventor of that, so the, never count him out. Mm -hmm. No, but but the thing is, Makuka probably couldn't string together the amount of wins needed to get to a title match. That's the thing. Yeah, he's a good competitor, but can he do three, four matches in a row, wins in a row? That's the thing. Mm. Now, now, can I ask? I'm like I said, a complete rookie here. What the hell ever happened to JTE? He's, um, he's probably through season one. Okay, wait, wait. Okay. Describe, describe I can probably answer that. Describe it as Harloff Wood. Uh, he's a... What's his, uh, his origins again? Oh, that's Knapsack, the uh, famed Ecuadorian uh, movie reviewer, Josh Tapia. <laughs> yep. No, I, I can answer and that. Also, uh... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go on. Okay. Well, no, no, you can go ahead first. Also mispronouncing, also mispronouncing movie names. Yeah, Triceratops. And actors and actresses. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but no, what happened? The last time I heard anything about JT at all, like outside of um, Spoda, he fucked where he put a review out before the embargo was up. Wonder Woman. Yeah. And then no, like he just he just okay. So what happened with JTE? I'm gonna I'm gonna this is gonna bring up the whole Andy Signore thing or whatever. But his girlfriend was one of the people that accused Andy Signore of all that stuff. Uh, after a year after the fact, when Andy spoke, he brought to light some evidence that maybe she wasn't exactly telling the truth. And. Not long after that, they they essentially they left Los Angeles and they live in Wisconsin now. JTE still does all of his, his you know movie reviews or whatever, but he's he doesn't live in Los Angeles anymore. He's in Wisconsin, and that's why it was a little weird when Roxy drafted him. Um, but yeah, no, that's why you don't really hear a lot from him anymore because he's not actually involved with those guys as much. Which now that you, it's surprising that they've never had him on SCN now that they're doing the whole COVID thing because he could easily just call in. I'm shocked. Yeah, but maybe he doesn't want to talk about it now. Huh? Maybe, maybe, yeah. but that's just that, that's, that's true. just the rumors that as to why he moved. Like he says, because you know, um, you know, his housing is more affordable, and that's his goal is to get a house and a family and all that jazz. But that that's just the rumor I heard. It was it had to do with the fallout of the signal thing. 
again, I knew about the Fair thing, but yeah. I didn't know that that correlated into that. And I'm yeah. not trying again, to like dredge up bad vibes yeah. here. It's just me as a rookie. It's like okay, I'm listening at, at season one. He's prominent through season one. Yeah. And I'm thinking of I heard of him and I've seen him a couple of times in passing, like in other material. Yeah. And all of a sudden, just gone. It's like no. yeah. What happened? Well, like I said, like I said, it's all conjecture. It's not, I can't, you know, none of that's proven, but that's just what I I've heard. Now, uh, to to go into Schmodam terms, he uh, as a competitor, he used to be a buffoon. Okay, uh, no one took him seriously. He had good moments, but no one took seriously. I'm not gonna spoil for you if you're not aware of the other seasons, but he ends up doing one of the greatest accomplishments um, we've seen in Schmodown. So he went from complete buffoon to yeah. how did he do it, you know? So uh, he's a special one. He's definitely a special yeah. one. Uh, there is yeah. something you might want to check out when you get there. He actually was the first competitor to have his own documentary. Yep. So you might want to look that one up too. All right. Are you a Patreon? Yeah, I'm uh, actually uh director. Oh, it makes sense. Um, but the JTE one is not a Patreon oh. exclusive. This was done years ago. So you can find it on YouTube. Yep. All right. Yeah, I, I, I was just curious you, uh, about that. I just, uh, like I said, I didn't want to drudge up any bad vibes no, or anything. Just, it's a, it's a fair a question. Rookie, as, a, as a fan, it's like, you know, I know this guy, I know the name, yeah. and then I know he screwed something up, and then he's just... He's just gone. I didn't yeah, know no. Christian, like, the dude, you gotta go. No, or... no, no. See, JTE wasn't affiliated with them for his movie reviews, but man, did they give him shit for that. That that was the one they were ripping him about for a long time. Well, also, too, I remember how he got onto the Schmoes, too. Like, he yeah, pretended to actually... Remember, live there. He didn't... What, yeah, he pretended, what, to live there or to be a... Uh, an intern? Yeah. Or something he, like that. he essentially lied his way into yeah. an internship. Yeah. He lied, he lied his, his way into with an internship? Yeah. How did he do? <laughs> Play fucking um, Leonardo DiCaprio and Catch Me If You Can? <laughs> Not really, but basically, like, what's oh what, 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 Yeah. JT, what did you do? Basically, JT and Catch Me If You Can. Oh my god, that would be so hilarious to see. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, Hey, so I'll to see that movie. Oh, but no, basically it's exactly what movie lovers just just said. He uh, they had to put on an, uh, an ad for an intern. JT was in Los Angeles visiting. He went interviewed, saying, "Yeah, I, I live there. I can spare whatever." Like, great, had a job. And he had to figure out how he figured out how to actually move to Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Ken Napsal loves to tell that story. No, yeah, Ken Napsal loves to tell that story. There is a question I want to answer, and Larry Lee, keep sending those because these are good questions. Who's your Star Wars winner? I don't know, Hotel, if you know enough about the tournament to give an answer, but who do you pick for? I'm picking Scrimshaw. All right. I do know of Napsock and Scrimshaw because I, I listen yeah. to Fort Center, and anybody that wants a Star Wars fix, I recommend that show. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a good show. That show is enjoyable as hell. Like that's a the quickest two hours on podcasts yeah. that I've that I can do, honestly. When I'm at work. 
What about you, movie lovers? Who's yours? I'm gonna have to go Chris on that one too. As well. See, I'm, I'm gonna go Laura Kelly. Whole entire level of gameplay. Yeah. Fair enough. And Scripture, he definitely could win it. But personally, I'm gonna go with Laura Kelly. And I can see why. I, I can understand. Yeah. That. She's fascinating a fact. She's a beast, and actually, fascinating fact I learned about her because uh, me and uh, Dave interviewed her. She is a relatively new Star Wars fan. She only started watching in 2014. Wow, that's actually yeah. amazing. Force yeah. Awakens. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's what she like. She knew about it, but that's what got her hooked was Force Awakens. So that's what that must make her scary. She she's not done studying. She still has a lot to learn. So imagine. Mm-hmm. She accumulates all that knowledge and then applies it eventually. I yeah. don't think she's gonna win this this tournament, but she's definitely one to look out for in a, a maybe a season or two. Yeah, and definitely after hearing all that, it made the fact that she took game into the five pointer even all the more impressive. She's the only one to do it. That hmm. is true. Um, for me. I think it's going to be Scrimshaw versus Kelly. Scrimshaw wins, but by a hair. Um, yeah, by really a hair. Fair enough. Yep. I got to remember. I think I had Parker for the inner geekdom. I think Parker yeah. was. Yeah, favorite. I think we're. I, I'm agreed on that. And I know Louie is. Yeah. Uh, I'm the biggest preacher of Parker since the, the since the fucking beginning, man. I've been pushing yep. the kids so much. And like I said, I just, I, I did these two uh, uh, picks off the top of my head. One, I picked Scrimshaw because I know who Scrimshaw is. I know his knowledge because I actually had the final being Scrimshaw and Napsock. That's what I had my That final. would be fun. That would be. But, what? um... The inner geekdom one, I'm kind of like, um, I have no idea. So I'm just going to pick a name. And Robert Parker's name was um, close enough to Peter Parker. So okay. I, <laughs> right, I like your logic. It's a good choice. Is that, okay, in that case, if you, you're not aware of him, he's from the uh, obviously uh, the fan leagues. But this kid, if I'm not mistaken, is 24 and 0 in any trivia league. So inner geekdom type of thing or singles, he hasn't ma- lost a match ever, and it's continuing in showdown. So that kid is scary. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I just looked at the clock here on the East Coast, and uh, 5:30 comes early. <laughs> So, uh, I'm going to head over. God to bless the, Pacific Standard Time. Yeah, I'm going to head over to the donations page right now. And okay. I'm sad to say, I was hoping that we would have garnered a little bit more support than this tonight, but we only have one. And it's from Lawrence Lease that donated $2. Hey, well, thank you. Uh, he said, um, in reference to us talking about uh, horror movies, A Quiet Place was amazing. I know some secrets about the second one. I'm angry that the second one got delayed. Oh, wow. Hmm. I haven't so seen someone's in the know. 
Well, no, oh, it's, it's not out yet. Out yet. Okay, that's it. Yeah, it was going to be released, and then COVID happened, and they got pushed back. Yeah, they literally shut everything down like two days before uh, it was supposed to come out. Yeah. All right, and also uh, just to answer this one real quick because I'm not understanding this one either, so I'll let you three answer this. Okay. But Larry is also asked and saw the play in match. But can anyone explain what happened causing the challenge? Uh, I can. Uh, the Star Wars match that happened this week. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. You're better uh, to explain that. Okay, so basically, basically what happened was um, the answer that um, Ace gave. Was it Ace? Yeah, the answer that Ace gave. No, sorry, it was um, Cavado. The answer Cavado gave was essentially he didn't give the character's full name. It's like I can't remember what the answer was, but essentially the equivalent and the example that was used in the match was it's like if you answered instead of Qui Gon Jinn, you called him Qui Jinn, and they accepted the answer. That's what the challenge was, basically. Yeah. And it, and and they originally gave, they they denied the challenge, but they ended up reversing it after the fact. Yeah, it's yeah, it was controversial. It's yeah, Star Wars is its own thing, right? It almost has its own like rules that fans invented. So there's a lot of it, it's not. I wouldn't want to judge uh, rulings on Star Wars. It's got to be spoken. Yeah. And that's also like the thing about being live too, and with the setup like they're using a similar setup to us, it's really hard to actually go further into a challenge like that. So, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be interesting in the future to see uh, if they're able to, to fix those learners. Yeah, Either way, the hotel, you got to go to bed. We gonna just ramble on because we like to talk. Sorry about yeah. that. <laughs> All right. so, that's uh, a, that's the thing about Frenchmen. We talk forever. Oh yeah. So uh, I enjoyed thank it. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, it was good. Uh, John, uh, thank you for leading tonight, and I did pick up a few points oh, along the way. Um, so, John, I, I will let you lead sign-offs, being that you're leading okay. right now. Okay. So, everybody can reach me at Movie Loves, TV Loves Your Night. I am actually got a Facebook page, where it's Movie Loves Your Night slash TV uh, Loves Your Night. Then you can reach me on my podcast okay. on Anchor. Spotify and all the other places that you can actually listen to podcasts on from Movies Lovers Night. You can also reach me at John DiGiorgio on Twitter, Movies Lovers Night on Twitter, which actually Movies Lovers Unit. You can also reach me on Instagram as well at Movies Lovers Night. And of course, you know, just go on and check out at Hotel Nerd. And I'm going to go on and, and let um, Go to the north, introduce themselves, and where they can actually, uh, where you guys can actually follow them at. So you can find me across all platforms at soda underscore the underscore saxman. That's on the Twitter and Instagram. Um, I am the Twitter mod for Media Sweaties Network. Um, you can also find me every Tuesday or Wednesday on uh, Schmodown Night in Canada, where we discuss all things in the world of Schmodown, and uh, also on Northern Consultations with with our my buddy there, Lou. So that's where you can find me. Uh, and it's principle for, uh, pretty simple for me. Uh, I'm not 
big on social media, but you can find me on the Northern Schmo Twitter. You can also find me on Facebook under my name, Louis Monette. Uh, if not, you're just gonna find me in bed because it's late for me too. I'm tired. <laughs> and as for me, like I said before, mine simple, straight to the point. All social media platforms. Look up Hotel Nerd. You'll find me. Uh, also Patreon, uh, Streamlabs. <clears throat> I have a Discord. Uh, uh, server up and running. So if you want to join that, uh, all levels of Patreon, you get into my Discord. Uh, so go over, sign up for Discord, and uh, we'll see you in the Discord server and let's get some topics going for more shows. I'm open to ideas as well for uh, anybody you want to see on here as guests, uh, interviews, you name it. We'll try to make it happen. So uh, with that, I would like to say thank you to everybody that was here tonight. Uh, great and discussion. Would love to have you yeah. guys uh, sooner rather than later. Thanks. For sure. Uh, thank you for having us. And I feel like I've learned a lot out of Snowdown uh, just as a rookie too. Just talking to you guys. Maybe one of these days we'll just do flat out just Snowdown talk, and I can throw questions at you and learn through osmosis. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Oh, yeah, definitely. You got the right voice for that. And by the way, I just wanted to give a special shout out to people who are, who are very active in the comments. Thank you very much for uh, keeping the, the discussion live. Also, Larry Lee and Randy Seng. Uh, you got some good uh, good choices in when we talk about movies. Yeah. All right. That's definitely right. So, uh, <clears throat> catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye -bye. All right. See you later. Bye. Right on.